Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Trust that you are having a great Monday. As you heard, it's now time for Madrasa on E. Of course, developing Islam in me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, up until 4 o'clock, along with my special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. And at this moment, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams will be now recapping on what took place on Thursday. Inshallah, over to you, Sheikh. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. And how are you, Auntie? Alhamdulillah, yourself, Sheikh. Fine, fine. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Thanks very, very much for being with us. Alhamdulillah, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah, Wahda wa Salatu wa Salam ala Malla Nabiya Baad. Rabbi Shabbatli Sadri wa Yasidli Amri wa Hlul Ukdatamil Lisani Yafkahu Kodi. Allahumma Adimna Bima Yum Fauna wa Fauna Bima Adlamtana. Warzukna Ailman Yadal Jalali wa Ikram. Assalamu alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatu to all our listeners out there. Alhamdulillah, we thank Allah first and foremost, and as we've decided that inshallah, every time we start the program, because this is Madrasa on air, we're dealing with developing Islam in me, we will start off with making an opening dua, hoping Allah will accept from all of us. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. وَالْعَاقِبَةُ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ وَالْجَنَّةُ لِلْمُوَحِدِينَ وَلَا عُدْوَانَ إِلَّا عَلَى الظَّالِمِينَ وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى أَشْرَفِ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَالْمُرْسَلِينَ سَيِّدِنَا وَمَوْلَانَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ اللهم ارحمنا بالقرآن الأظيم وجعله لنا إماما ونورا وهدى ورحمة اللهم ذكرنا منهما نسينا وعلمنا منهما جهنا وارزقنا تلاوته آناء الليل وأطراف النهار على الوجه الذي يرديك عنا وجعله حجة لنا ولا تجعل حجة علينا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا زدنا علما ورزقنا فهما ربنا زدنا علما ورزقنا فهما رب ربنا زدنا علما ورزقنا فهما برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار يا عزيزك يا غفار يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا أزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله um, starting with our, our recapping on what we did last week um, just going through, remember we said these three slots, the first slot is knowing my Lord, we're going into that one, looking at what we did, Alhamdulillah. We've identified the processes of how Allah is the Lord of everything, and we came to see Allah as the Lord of everything. We then said we also identified in the Lord that Allah is the creator and sustainer of everything. So we come to see Allah as the Lord, as the creator of everything and the sustainer of everything. We then went to a question by having to deal by saying, have I accepted him as my Lord? Right? And, and the reason here we said that many people accept Allah as Lord and some are people that don't accept Allah as, as Lord. 
And because of this, we have identified that we need to accept Allah as Lord because we identify and see Him. And we need to look at ourselves, have I really accepted Him as my Lord? Do I identify Him as my Creator? And is He my sustainer? And then thereafter, we wish to be able to see see what I can do to be able to recognize the fact that He is my Lord. We then go over to the process of having to look at Allah is my Lord, He is my Creator, He is my Sustainer, but I need to know Him much more deeper than that. He is, when I speak about Lord, there's two types of Lord. There's the Lord that we call because of His status, His position, His strength, His might, His power, His charisma, His gentleness, His kindness, His compassion, His care, all that makes Him the Lord for who He is. And he, he, he is that Lord, that, that portion we call the Rububiyah of Allah, of Allah. His, his qualities of, of, of Lordship from the side of His creation, how He is towards His creation and what He does. And because of His role in creation that He plays for the benefit of His creation, the Lordship for them. That is the one aspect. And I think when you and I look at Allah, we see Allah and we've seen since Allah, yeah, Allah speaks about it Himself. Example in Surah Al-Fatiha, Allah tells us Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen That gratitude belongs to Allah Thanks and appreciation for every detail, favor that happens to us No matter where it comes from, originally is Because Allah has decreed it for you and me Allah uses your mom to be the gentle and kind mom on your life But in actual fact, it is Allah who has decreed you to have a gentle and kind mom Allah has granted you a dad to be able to have the capacity, the charisma, the compassion and the care and consideration for you to be able to bring you into life to become a decent and good uh, uh, adult as in life. And your dad has played a major role to support you all the way. And Allah has given you that gift. That gift is Allah granting you the gift of a dad in that capacity to be able to allow you to grow and to be the person that you are. And so... Every little detail of life that happens, whether it is something good or otherwise that happens to you and me, it is only because Allah Ta'ala has given it. Allah says, Alhamdulillah, all gratitude ever that ever, ever, ever in life needs to happen from any aspect of anybody towards anybody else, it all comes from Allah. For Allah have decreed it to happen. If Allah did not decree it to happen, it could not have happened. For everything is in Allah's decree. Things only happen because of Allah's decree. So Alhamdulillah, thanks belongs. And he calls himself Rabbil Alameen. He is the Lord of, the, of all creation. Which means everything in creation that exists, and we've covered all this, everything that in, in, in creation that exists belongs to him and he takes charge of all those things. We have taken charge and the reason why things is developing example the fact that the sun comes up every morning the fact that every day consists of 24 hours the sign the fact that the sun the moon comes up at night the fact that you and i meet the value of the stars and the fact that the, the wind blows or that there is greeneries for us or there's this fruit and vegetable that you and i enjoy all these are the favors of allah ta'ala that comes to us all the way and it all comes through the fact that He is the Lord of everything that He has created. Allah then carries on and He says, Ar-Rahman, not only is He, not only is He the creator of the heavens and the earth, not only is He the one that chose uh, uh, um, 
He is the Lord of the heavens and the earth, but He is most compassionate, most merciful. Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. I'm not going into tafsir of those, but I want this just to understand that this is the way Allah describes to us his, his, who He is. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. So you, what are we dealing with? We're asking, knowing my Lord. Allah tells us who our Lord is. And He exposes us by letting us know who He is. He is best to guide us to understand who He is. And we see that He is in His capacity as Rabbil Alameen. Rabbil Alameen, we've seen all the various things that He is the Lord of it, And He called Himself Ar-Rahman, the most merciful, yet the most compassionate as well. Subhanak. But Allah carries on and He says, Maliki Yawmiddin. His position won't stop. His position carries on as showing love and care and compassion. And everything will be constantly in need of Him. But it doesn't end there. It carries on to the process of that we need to be able to meet up with Allah Ta'ala in the year after. May Allah grant us minutes after this, inshallah. I mean, the voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We break for us and when we come back, we'll continue with Madrasa on A. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. If you have just tuned in, this is, of course, the hour of Madrasa on A. Developing Islam in me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, along with special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Abram, Sheikh Ibrahim. Shukran jazakallah khair, barakallah fikum jazakallah. We were speaking about the, the, the matter of uh, the, the qualities of Allah that we come to identify Allah as Lord. And we say to you that Lord has got two connotations that you and I need to understand from major connotations that without, if we, if we see Allah as the one, then unfortunately we can miss him on the other. We need to see Allah as both. There is what I said earlier, those connotations about Allah which is of the, his great qualities that he actually possesses and he, of the, what he does to the heavens and the earth and creation and man and all that. And on that he's known to be the Lord under the term in Arabic, Rabb. He's known as be the Rabb. And in the Arabian or the Arab t- language they, they say they identify his Lordship through the word of Rububiyya from the word Rabb, Rububiyya. That they see the powers of Allah, the strength now you and I know that's easy, and, and 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 as we've said, we've given some examples in the past. We see the quality of the rain and what the rain does, and the value of the rain. But this is Allah's mercy on us, so this is part of the rubi bubiya of Allah. So when you and I look at how Allah created us, and the fact that there is a nervous system, and there is a bone structure, and there's blood running through the whole body, and these 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 uh, nerves, as we said, or this skin. And there's the various organs that there is in the body. This is all that Rab who's created all these things, which has given power to each and every one of them. This is all part of his rububiya, right? So we come to identify the rububiya of Allah, Lord as Rab. Now, what we need to understand that the Allah was recognized as Rab to other people long before us, long before you and me. Allah was identified. Allah says in the Holy Quran, Wala in sa'altahum. Now this happens in the time of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah spoke to the Nabi in the Quran and spoke to the Nabi to be able to speak to the Arab people in the day and time. 
وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ أَوْ مُحَمَّدْ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ Ought you to ask them, should you ask them the question, مَرْ رَبُّكْ Who created the heavens and the earth? Who is the Lord of the heavens and the earth? لَيَكُولُنَّ اللَّهُ They will say nobody else. They wouldn't mention anybody else. They would only say Allah is the Lord of the heavens and the earth. So it's an identification. Whether you accept it or you don't accept it, it's a reality. Mankind has realized nothing can happen by itself. It all happens with a might and power that's out there. And that might and power belongs to Allah. Right? But the question is, I said, we identify Allah in His rububiyyah. But the word Lord also have another connotation as Rabb. As, 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 as in the one that's called Rab, the other one is called, which is important and more important than just Rab. Because Rab is somebody letting us understand the powers, and Allah mentions in the Holy Quran various places, various things, to remind mankind of his rububiyyah, his might and his power that he has. But saying to them indirectly, if that is it, that you have accepted Allah and you see him, as Rob in Rububiyya, as Lord in Rububiyya, then realize that if He is the Lord of the powers of all those, is it possible that you and I can worship anything other? Or is it sensible? Does it make sense that anybody would want to worship anything or anybody other than Allah in His might and power if He is the Rob of everything? So yes, Allah wants us to realize the rububiyyah belongs to Allah. He is the Lord as a rub of everything. He possessed all those powers and He's created and He's given everything to the creation because of Him, His power. But He's not done that only. He's also reminded man that the reason for me creating you is so that you can come to realize that there's nobody else to worship except for me. So in the rububiyyah that we need to look at, that is the one aspect of the rob of Allah as Lord. But as Lord also, He is the person that deserves to be worshipped. And you and I need to understand as Muslim, or as real human beings, who are sensible enough, who has the intellect and the wisdom and understanding, if it is that He is the one who allows the sperm to meet up with the ovary, to develop in the womb of the mother, and there's no doctors, no professors, no lawyers, no great scholars, scholars, they're busy. He alone takes charge that in that womb, and He develops that from a ovary and a, a sperm to become a human being. Where there's all the, f- the systems in there, there's a bone structure in there, there's a brain in there, there's various organs in there, there's legs and arms, and he allows us to sing, Subhanak, Allahu Akbar, is there anybody worthy creating that? And if he can create this over and over and over and get those powers to the creation, Subhanak, is it deserving that anybody or anything else deserves the sense of worship besides Allah? And that's make you Muslim and that makes me us Muslim. Allahu Akbar. The very fact that you and I can identify not as Lord only for his rububiyyah, but more so his Lordship for uluhiyyah, being the ilah of all of us. So yes, when you and I as Muslims, as a necessity, need to say these words, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammad rasulullah, 
then we need to look into the understanding of what are we busy with. What are we saying when we do that? Remember, you and I are not given words just as anything and we just sing it along because we, we, it sounds nice. It has an, words as an impact to the heart and the impact to the brain or it goes to the brain first for understanding and that understanding has an impact on the heart. But it can only have an impact on the heart if it has true value and meaning to you and me. So we've given you the understanding of Rububiyyah. The concern is, do we equally understand Allah as Rabb in Uluhiyyah, as being the Ilah? And thus we said, the words Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah is what we said when we were youngsters. But you and I have developed with things like that and we've gone through our life. But do you recognize that the greatest, the greatest verse or the greatest term or the greatest uh, um, statement that can be given to the whole universe, that the universe sees as the greatest, the whole universe accepted as the greatest term, is saying that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. La ilaha illallah. It is the greatest statement, the greatest statement, and the whole universe identified and they accept it as the greatest. Why? Because the universe is all created by the very Lord. And the universe admit to that. And they give that honor and dignity to the Lord who is the creator of the universe. And they say to him, there is none worthy of worship greater than thee, or better than thee, or equal even to thee. There is no other. And nobody ever, ever, ever deserves the right to be worshipped. So when it comes to worshipping, Remember, we've identified Allah in Rububiyyah as Rabb, as we said. Important is that equally all of us identify Allah as in His Uluhiyyah as our Ilah, the one that I worship. And I, so we need to unpack the word worship. What does it mean? What does it entail? So you and I can realize, are we truly worshipping Allah, giving unto Him the right of worshipping, or are we sharing it with Him and others? And there's many people doing that. They say we are Muslims, or they say whoever they are, and they many times say to you, I also believe like that, but unfortunately they create what we call that statement that belongs to Allah and Allah alone. Like for instance, nobody can create an egg. Did the science ever create an egg? Up to today, they can't. They haven't even created a fish. They haven't even created a, a fig tree. Or, a, or a, a, they haven't. They take off what there is and they reproduce of that. But nobody can create and bring these things about for the first time. May Allah open the path for all of us. The voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Lines are now open on our WhatsApp number, which is 072-238-0712. That number, once again, 072-238-0712, where you can send through your questions for Sheikh, inshallah. And then it's also the, our SMS number on 47913. That number is, once again, 47913. Alternatively, our WhatsApp number on 072 Two three eight zero seven one two, where she has been speaking and recapping on knowing my Lord. Now, Sheikh, while we are waiting for some of the questions to come through, inshallah, Sheikh can continue, inshallah. Barakallahu feekum, jazakallahu. Thanks very, very much for that one. Um, we were busy at the moment speaking about the understanding of the word Arab or Lord under the word Ida, which means that one who deserves to be worshipped, right? 
Uh, Allah is the Rabb. Whether you accept Him or not, He is the Rabb. And similarly, Allah is the only existing Ilah which ever will exist as Ilah. Because that term Ilah is not, is, it, it can only be defined as that which fits the person who has that capacity. And nothing and nobody will ever, ever, ever have the capacity to be an Ilah. Nothing can ever be an Ilah. An Ilah is something that you worship, which you call an indirectly, or in the English term they call it a God. Something that you worship. But there is no God. There cannot be a God. A God is somebody who has the powers to be able to give and to take. And there is no such thing. That belongs to Allah and Allah. If you are Muslim, you need to firmly believe that nobody has the capacity, has that ability, will ever have it. It belongs to Allah only. But we also need to understand... And what has happened? Remember in the beginning of this lessons of knowing my Lord, we went to a discussion and we told us about the creation of man. And the reason why we put that right at the beginning, so that you and I can understand, coming to know the Lord is going to become an easy thing. But coming to submit to Him is what the opposition to Allah is going to do against man. In the process when Allah created man, Allah there was this other creation, which was a third force, known to us as jinn and shaitan. And they actually developed through the angels to get position. And there's this one called uh, Iblis, who, or shaitan, who in actual fact raised in the high position. And Allah ordered the malaika to be able to make sujood for Adam. And unfortunately, everybody made sujood. And unfortunately, shaitan stood out like a sore thumb. Amongst all of them. Why? Because he was amongst, he kept himself aloof amongst the, 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 the angels. And now that he had to submit like all the angels, when Allah gave the order to the angels, he was not prepared to submit. Because he felt that he was better than man. He was better than creation, right? And so he became the enemy of man, and Allah says that to us. And so the reason why we place that at the beginning of the lesson to understand our Lord, uh, who is our Lord, is letting us understand as much as you and I need to come to recognize nobody and nothing ever in creation, ever in the whole of creation, will there ever be a God. There is no God. There is never a God. There will never ever be a God. The only one that deserves a right, if God would be right for the word Allah under the word Ilah, it only deserves and never de belongs to anything other than Allah. And what is a God? Something that you submit to in worshipping that thing. Claiming that thing has powers and might to grant you, to serve you, to give you, or even to pre prevent of you, or and he gives commands and you, you, you do. And he prevents you and you abstain. Now, that is supposed to be a God, right? You can accept your own God if you want to. But then you are not intelligent and you don't fit the level to be a Muslim ever. The only God in Islam that there ever will be, nay, it is the only God in the whole of nature that ever existed and ever will exist. There will never ever be a God other it is Allah and Allah alone.
Because we've identified and thus Allah Ta'ala relate or teaches us when he taught our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba Radiallahu Anhum the beginning of Islam. He made an issue of reminding them of his powers and might to allow them to see his Rabbu, his Rububiyya through the word Rabb, through the word Lord. His powers that he had and he showed us that and he made that an issue to them continuously and then allowed them to be able to use the intellectual power by having to say now that Lord as in Rububiyyah is also the only Lord of Uluhiyyah and thus in the time of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam you and I I'm sure will know that Many of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum who initially accepted Islam were severely punished by those people who didn't want Islam to spread. A person such like Bilal, we know when we think of the word Bilal, then automatically the issue of what happened with him in the desert, desert sand and the burning sun, they placed the heavy rocks on his body and they forced him to be able to say that there is other gods, that we worship the other gods but not worship Allah. Because what happened is Bilal was prepared to say Ahadun Ahad. What does the word Ahad means? He says one, one. But he means that to my understanding that powers that needs to be given to Lat and to Uzzah and to this one, and these are 360 different idols around the Kaaba and you've given an, a power to each and one, every one of them, all those powers belong to, this, to only the one God who has the powers of all those things. He doesn't have the power of some of them and not the powers of others. He doesn't have the powers that some is given or some powers that was given. He has all the powers that is deserving on somebody or something to be worshipped. Allah Ta'ala alone has all those powers in him. And that's the word Ahad. It's united. All the other word that's common for us that we normally say today, we speak about the word Tawheed from the same word Ahad. It means the fact that the subject matter of worshipping is in one Lord only. Now, that's why I say we need to unpack the word worship. I hope to see how far can we really go into the word worship, what we do there. I just want to remind us, and it's probably the reminder of this is going to come more than once, the issue of understanding you and me became Muslim some many years ago through one either mom and dad taught us remember we were young and it sounded something like this Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan rasulullah and we were young and I, 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 I still remember you saying it and I was there when you said it and I heard you saying Ashadu Sorry for that word. Um, yes, mommy said it, it properly to you and me and we didn't struggle to say it right because it didn't. But this, you can identify to what I say. If, if it wasn't I seeing you that moment, it was at that moment when uh, you saw your children and you remember or your youngsters you say it to them properly and they don't they, they take it over because they start with that may Allah open the path we will carry on the after inshallah inshallah for now we break for us and when we come back we'll continue stay tuned assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back 
to Madrasa on A, and that is, of course, developing Islam in me. The voice here in studio is none other than special guest, and that is Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams, that has been recapping and speaking about knowing my Lord. Now, Sheikh, there has come a question through on our WhatsApp number, and it says here, Sheikh, if you can perhaps also expound on the benefits and the beauty of La ilaha illallah kanallah. We say shukran for that listener, um, and if you do not mind, yes, alhamdulillah, it, it, it shows the concern and the care of the people, and may Allah grant khair and barakah to those listeners, and for the fact that you asked the question, and, and we hope to be able to get there. But precisely this is what Madrasa and A&A wish to do, that um, we ask of you to also bear with us. We cannot give everything just, and uh, uh, we will slowly get there, but exactly that what you're asking is what we intend to get to, but what we first do, get all the listeners' mind and understand so that we can grow and develop so that we can actually, when we come to those moments, we will actually un- 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 need you to unpack that in the accordance. I said the word, because there's no sense of dealing with la ilaha illallah without understanding the word ilah. And the word ilah, we said, means worship. The one worthy of worship. And to be able to look at the one words, so we need to be able to understand what words, and we are busy, I believe, through this program, hoping to be able to cover that. But that's not the only thing, this La ilaha illallah, so we need then to see Allah in that quotation. But then there's the other aspect of Wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But again, shukran, jazakallah khair, hope that next time we will be able to cover that. And probably in tomorrow's lesson, of that subject, we hope to, which we, knowing my Lord, will be able to look at those type of things. Shukran, Jazakallah. Shukran so much. So the, the questions and the WhatsApp SMS and so on is completely closed. For now, we're breaking on to our next topic, and that is, I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? And that's more none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Adameen. In the subject matter of I am a Muslim and what is expected of me, we went there and remember we spoke to you people about certain subject matter and allow me just to say the first question, where do I come from? And we looked at exactly where we come from and we went to little details as to where I come from so that we simply can know. We've identified in that segment that the importance of where I come from is the reality is even though I come from a mom and a dad, and all mom and dads come from mom and dads, and all of them come from Nabi Adam. But in the reality, they didn't come from Nabi Adam and Hawa. They actually came from the creation of Allah who created Adam and Hawa and the moms and the dads and until you and I are there, right? So it's a reality. That's why we say, or we came to the fact that in Lillahi a whole life turns to the fact that we serve our life for Allah, and our life goes only back into the path of Allah, by Allah grant khair and barakah for all of us. We've identified that side of it, and then after that we ask, do I have a purpose? Now the fact that I know where I come from, I know where I come from, but am I here just for no purpose? Purposeless? And we've identified if it was, that it was purposeless, it would have been a world of havoc, uh, uh, and, and, and everything that goes, goes Dear Makkah, nothing that has structure and format to benefit man, right? But this is not the purpose why Allah has created this world. And that truly Allah has put in the Quran the real purpose why He has created man. And He says, So now in the second phase of the question number two, which is, what is my purpose? We've identified Allah tells us what our purpose is. Now if Allah has told me the purpose, 
And, I, and, and only Allah can tell me the purpose because I've, we've identified Allah to be in the one only world Lord and He is the Lord who guides us and tells us things and to the best for us. And do I, we accept the fact that the purpose is to worship Him? Are we prepared to love that and to live, to live the life of a purpose? The next question we asked ourselves, was, the third question was, besides the purpose, what is our objective? We now know we come from Allah. We know our purpose is to serve Allah, to worship Allah. The third, uh, what is our objective? What is it that we want to achieve? And even that comes from Allah that guides us. Allah shows us that those people before us has reached the achievement or the people that only reach the achievement uh, uh, want to reach something that uh, puts in the effort and commitment in their life. If that is not for the sake of Allah reaching Allah's satisfaction that Allah be satisfied with me, then I must probably will put in much of effort, but it will not benefit me in this world or in the years or year after. Ya Rabbi. Question one, where do I come from? Question number two, what is my purpose? Question number three, what is my objective? And we've identified the objective now as I'm doing everything to find satisfaction. Allah be satisfied with me. Meaning, everything that I do, Allah must be satisfied. And Allah is only satisfied if I follow a certain route. So, what was question number four and the last question? And we then went into the last question. We started going into breaking that last question down. The question was, so how do I fulfill my purpose and reach my objective? How do I fulfill my purpose? And how do I do that? The scholars came and showed us it only happens when you and I are prepared to submit to Allah and having to take to the path of which comes from Allah and His Rasul and we then went in to say the need to go and seek knowledge and in our last program we actually then reminded you and me of the importance when you and I seek knowledge what happens what what happens in the sight of Allah when you and I go and seek the knowledge of your deen because if you have the knowledge of your deen you can do things because if you don't have the knowledge you can say I can say I'm Muslim but I don't have the knowledge so I might not be really Muslim because I don't have the knowledge. I, can, I say, uh, my name is Ibrahim, my name is Ibrahim. But as a Muslim, I must probably not going out to seek the necessary knowledge. So the implementation for me or the understanding first is highly impossible. And if the understanding is highly impossible, the implementation is almost zero. May Allah protect. I hope you can understand I'm not here to be able to ridicule anybody. I'm just putting into perspective so that you and I can understand. As long as you and I do not go out to seek the necessary knowledge, then unfortunately, because we don't have the knowledge, you are not enlightened, you're not informed. You can then follow your own mind and shaitan can easily abuse and accuse you and me or mis misuse us in his strength and our vulnerability. That is, we, if we do not seek the knowledge. So the seeking of knowledge in the words of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi is a necessity which we also dealt with, right? We then went out after the essence of seeking the knowledge, we went to the extent of having to realize that there is, there should be value and quality during the seeking of knowledge and we dealt with that. Let's hope after this break we can proceed with that. Inshallah, after this break we pray for Asna. When we come back, we'll continue. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You are tuned to Madrasa on e. Of course, developing Islam in me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, with my special guest in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. And we are on the topic I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? Bismillah, Sheikh. Shukran, Jazakallah khair. 
yes, we, we, we're still doing on the recapping and we were looking at the fact that you and I need to have the sense and desire to seek the necessary knowledge and leave your home and get your, the husband and the wife, the mother and the father, the sons and the daughters, each and everybody, as long as we want to claim ourselves Muslim, we must have a desire to seek and to understand, right? Our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to us, Talabul Ilm Faridah the seeking of knowledge is a necessity not because of the western world but because if you call yourself a muslim you need to go and understand what allah wants from you you cannot make salah you would not be able to give zakah you would not be able to fast you would not be able to go for hajj when it's the height of impossibility if you don't go and understand what allah wants but before you do all of that you need to actually submit to who is la ilaha illallah and la ilaha illallah is the base of all the other five everything else is dependent your salah is not salah ever if it's not based on the la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so is your zakah not zakah and not considered zakah if it's not based on la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and so your fasting and so your hajj and so everything as a muslim like for instance, as a Muslim, there is no possibility that you can say you fulfill your duty towards, towards your parents if you do not submit to Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. But that can only come a reality in your life and mine if you leave your home in seeking knowledge. So we've covered that. And then we went to the issue of looking at the how our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Allah encourage us knowledge. Allah says to us in the Holy Quran, that, and Allah said this to the Nabi, and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did this excessively, and he says, Rabbi zidani ilma. Of all the things that he ever asked his Lord, he asked, give me in, ex- in excess, give me knowledge, give me knowledge abundantly, allow me to acquire. Now remember, when Allah said that, وَكُرْ Rabbi zidani ilma, it's not meant to be a dua that you say, and the dua grants you that the dua is only to activate the mind to allow you to understand when you say my lord give me excessive knowledge it doesn't come from the sky the mother doesn't give you knowledge it's not going to happen that way and it's not how many times you ask Allah is going to come to you it's the the ask is the amount of effort you understand of what you've asked to be able to acquire to go out there because you will not have knowledge if you stay at home if you just say yes i spoke to allah and wait allah is going to send me it's not going to happen that way allah to share it with the nabit but the reality is when i say to you in english close the door then what do i expect you to do to be able to go to the window or to go to the toilet or to, to take a piece of bread? You and I immediately understand, and because of your understanding, you react. Now similarly, in the understanding of what Allah says, when Allah said to the Nabi, say, Rabbi zidni ilma, you're saying it, you're not saying it because you're only saying it to Allah as a dua. Yes, it is a dua, but it's a dua that needs to reflect in your mind, what is, what am I saying? I say, my Lord, give me an excess knowledge, which means I need to go out there and pick up my body and walk out there and go to where the scholars are and so that I can get to come to understand my deed. And it's a necessity and nobody is exempted there, each and every one of us. We gave you the other ahadith. We mentioned to you the words of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where he said, Talabul ilm faridah, to go and seek the knowledge is a necessity 
everybody needs to go. We mentioned to you the other hadith where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, whosoever goes and seeks knowledge, if he walks, he actually walks on the uh, wings of the malaika. So that's the benefit of the knowledge. You are up subhanak. I walk. So the malaika is appreciating the fact and the fact that these malaika are making dua for you and me whilst we are walking to the place of the knowledge. Ya Rabb. The angel, imagine the angels are making dua for us and we're walking on their wings all the time. So it's no path is too difficult where the path is going to seek knowledge. And if there is a, what major problems there, the path of knowledge according to the Nabi wasallam, is covered with angels who will protect you. And that path, they will guide you in and they will give you the necessary light under the darkness if you are having pure intention of righteousness to seek knowledge. Right? The knowledge of deen. And we mentioned to you the hadith of the Nabi wasallam that it is the path of Jannah. The seeking of knowledge is easing the path of Jannah. We've mentioned quite a few of these hadith in the last lesson that we've had to show us, you and me, the, the benefits of seeking knowledge. We then came to the process, or oh, we, we now we need to go, we've reached the last aspect in the last is as the one to know and the benefits of seeking. We then had to come to realize or come to let us understand Besides having to seek knowledge, people, we live in a world today where many people want to have knowledge. But the question is, what is the objective of seeking knowledge? In a hadith, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, a portion of the hadith, وَلَا تَجْعَلِ الدُّنْيَا أَكْبَرَهَا مِّنَا وَلَا مَبْلَغَ عِلْمِنَا Let not the world be our greatest worry and concern, and let not our seeking of knowledge be a reason that we can only earn and we have something to do. do, 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 do. I want to have a position where I can earn a lot of money. So, yes, I would want to come become a professor because if I'm a professor one day, I, mashallah, I'm going to have a good check. You and I, Allah says to us, we've already prepared your rizik, you will never get one cent more or one less. Your whole life you live, we will not give you more. But the reality is, whatever we're going to give you, we're definitely going to challenge you or test you or put you through the test of whatever we've given you of riches and poverty. So yes, is it only that we want the wealth of the world and we don't concern, consider on how and the, we deal with things? So the objective of knowledge should not be that we only achieve the dunya or the wealth of this world. Ya Rab. So if there is something of all knowledge that there is, whether it's any ism or science or ology that you are studying, that you go through, uh, no matter where you get them, the most important knowledge is the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the knowledge of deen. And we listen to the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says in the one hadith, خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنُ وَعَلَّمَهُ The best of you are those who go out to understand the, the essence, the depth that lies in this Qur'an and teach it over to others. May Allah grant us to be able to see the, the depth and go out there to seek the Qur'an, the understanding of it, and teach it over to us. InshaAllah. I mean, Madrasan, e-developing Islam within me, and that is with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome to Madrasan e, that of course developing Islam in me. The clock has just hit 10 past 3 this afternoon, and I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, along with special guests in studio, Nan other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We are speaking about 
not I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? So inshallah, Sheikh, with further ado, you can continue. Shukran Jazakallah for that one, Auntie Yasmina. Thank you very, very much. Jazakallah um, We were busy at the, the point we were speaking with, I am a Muslim, so what is expected of me? We reached at the point of understanding the need for seeking knowledge, and we then went to the moment where we spoke about that there is a knowledge that is known to be the best of knowledge. Now, here we expounded on issues of the fact that people need to seek knowledge and there is a need to go out there to seek knowledge. The world that we live in is not possible for you and me to be able to be in it without having to seek. So these fundamental basic knowledges that's needed from various aspects in our life. But what is the best knowledge of all of that? What is the best knowledge of it? And we've mentioned to you the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنُ وَعَلَّمَهُ And the best of knowledge, or the best of you people, are those people who go out to seek the knowledge of this Qur'an, this deen, and teach it over to others. And so yes, um, the calling of the Nabi sallallahu of Allah ta'ala, where we need to be able to call unto, Rabbi zidni ilma. And Nabi added, وَرْزُقْنِي فَهْمَا And grant me insight to that. Grant me the knowledge and the insight of that knowledge. Right? May Allah grant us all of that, inshaAllah. So it is important for us to go and seek knowledge. The best of knowledge is to be able to seek the understanding of this Qur'an and to have it understood and see that we love this Qur'an. Now this Qur'an, you and I need to come to recognize, is a book that came from Allah. It is the, the would we say the book that we take, take as our, where we live our life with, right? If I need to do this and that and the other, it tells me how and what and where. Not necessary in step by step and bullet, yeah, bullet one, two, three, four, do this, that and the other now. But it actually shows you how to live the world, what to do through the process of other people in other years and other times, what did they do yesterday or yesteryear in their lives and what was the results of their life? So if you and I are Muslim, what is it that you and I need to do is seen in the way they live their life. Did they follow the instructions given and what was the result of their actions? There is in the Quran covered with positivity and negativity. And the positivity is those people who were successful in this world because of that submission through their knowledge and fulfilling the advice in this Quran and understanding that there is a negative in that Quran in the sense of those people who were not prepared to follow the instructions did it their own way, followed their own whims and fancies and were not prepared to seek the necessary knowledge or to implement it in a manner as guided to them by this Quran. The objective is only to be able through that positive and negative that you and I can reach the level of success, can reach that moment when we said we were successful and following it appropriately or that we have nobody else to blame at the end of the day but ourselves when we were not prepared to follow instructions and guidance. So yes, and thus we said the objective of this Qur'an is simply wanting to be that guidance to us. These two important aspects that needs to know that we need to be able to seek this understanding of this Qur'an. We need to go and read this Qur'an. Yes, there's various aspects of this Qur'an. Like for instance, the Qur'an has a level where you and I need to be able to see 
the Quran needs to be recited. But the Quran doesn't have the level of reciting only. Because if you only recite the Quran, you only get limited, an extreme limitation to the value of this Quran. The Quran has got greater meaning, greater qualities that you and I can reach from. Definitely spoken through words there by Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Line, uh, the messages and SMSs are open for you to ask your questions on the segment I'm a Muslim, what is expected of me, as well as everything that she has mentioned, inshallah. So the numbers to dial is 072-238-0712. That is 072-238-0712. Alternatively, you can send through an SMS to 47913. Of course, do note that this is only questions pertaining to what has Sheikh she has mentioned and other questions pertaining to that we'll definitely deal with it later inshallah but the numbers once again 072-238-0712 the SMS is 47913 if you have any questions on what she has mentioned and we are in the segment I am a Muslim what is expected of me Sheikh we're looking at the questions that are going to be coming through inshallah so inshallah the Sheikh can continue and then definitely we'll look at some of the questions further on Shukran for that one on the Yasmina um, we are at this moment on the point where we spoke about uh, the best of knowledge. And, 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 and you and I need to understand that in the best of knowledge, we need to understand that because this book is not written by some professor who's had got great amount of limitations, with all their knowledge they have great amount of limitations. This book comes from the Lord of all creation. He, needs, he knows the detail of all creation. He knows the details of whatever happens in the furthest remote place and whatever is around each and every one of us. He has all the knowledge and he knows everything and nothing can happen without his might and power. And he gives us his guidance. The, the, the Lord of all creation guides humanity and, he guides, and it is his final message to the final creation. And subhanak la hawla wa la which is humanity and his last messenger with his Quran and he wants us to be able to see that this book is not a, a book read in recitation only. Yes, recitation is important. But the objective of this Quran, it captures so much of wisdom, insight, knowledge. It has so much of guidance, which you and I are in dire need of. And so if you and I stand in salah and says, Oh Allah, grant me the necessary guidance. Guide me. But the Qur'an has the guidance and you don't want to go to the Qur'an. You're not opening this Qur'an, you're not reading what its message is. Or you're not going to go to a scholar that they can guide you along to what is the message of Allah for you in your life and for mine. Then unfortunately you're asking Allah for guidance, but you, you hear what you say, but you don't actually apply that. May Allah protect for all of us. I'm not saying this against any one of you. I'm speaking to myself and I'm speaking to everybody. The need for us to be able to say, guide me, my Lord, guide me. Ihdina, guide us. Allah, guide us. I need guidance. I'm saying indirectly, my Lord, I don't have guidance. I am misguided. Most probably I'm strongly misguided or most probably I'm so vulnerable that I can become misguided any moment if I don't have your help. But how and where do I get the help of Allah? Through Allah guiding me 
to be able to open this Quran, to go and read, to go to a classroom, to go and seek, go and understand and read and see what and how can I take this Quran to become meaningful and valuable for me in life that I can live as a true Muslim as what Allah and His Rasul has guided me. Because He has seen this Quran, its major purpose is to be a guidance for all of us. Right? So when I stand in Salah and I say, Ihdina, please guide us. I'm saying, my Lord, we all can be so misguided or we can have the dream of being in guidance, but unfortunately we lack the reality. So where is that guidance to be found? Allah says, this book is that guidance. Yeah, no, that Allah says. I'm not saying it, Allah says that, right? So yes, may Allah grant us to be of those people who truly want to seek knowledge, but also go to the righteous religious, to the righteous knowledge, and realize that the best knowledge is the, the Quran, is what this message is. And with this Quran, there's a second aspect of this Quran, the, to analyze and understand the depth of this Quran lies in the character and the life and the qualities of our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which we call the role model. The person whom Allah has sent to show us that not only will you have a message, the Quran, but this Quran will be expounded to you, will be explained to you in character, will be shown to you how do you interpret and how do you understand and how do you apply. We don't leave you to make the decisions for yourself when you're a Muslim. We give you the whole package. We put on all the information into this book, the Quran, and then we take that Quran and we actually put it into a person, in his personality. We give him all the qualities we endow him with all the needed facts that each and every one of you will need to be able to expound the application of this Quran lies in him. And so yes, you and I need to understand when Sayyidatina Aisha after the demise of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was asked a question and the person asked her the question Oh Aisha, tell me what was the character of this messenger Muhammad Sallallahu What was his character like? His behavior, his mannerism, what was he like? She answered spontaneously. She didn't still think of, uh, uh, let me think about that question so that I can give you an answer. He, she immediately, because she understood the question, and she saw the need because she also loved it, and she responded by saying, Akhlaquhul Qur'an. His character, his mannerism, his ethics, is the, he, he was the personified version of this Qur'an. He was this, this Qur'an alive human beings in the human form that the human being can love it and nobody can have an excuse to see that this Quran can be applied the life of all of us. Definitely beautiful. The Madrasa on E developing Islam in me. The voice you heard there was Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. If you have just joined us, Assalamu alaikum. The time now is 20 past 3. We break for as and when we come back, we'll continue. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You are tuned to Madrasa on E developing Islam in me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, along with special guests in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. And we are currently in the segment, I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? And just before we go with regards to continuing to note that there are going to be workshops that she will be hosting and that is going to be on Saturday the 18th of February between 3 and 5 that's going to be at retreat and that's going to be in Al Munawar Masjid that's Concert Boulevard and then also again for Saturday the 11th of March also the timing there 3 to 5 then there's also the 1st of April and the 22nd of April inshallah so do definitely diarize that with regards to the workshops that will be taking place I'll mention it one last 
time and that is Saturday the 18th of February and then again Saturday 11th of March. The timing there is from 3 to 5 and then also branching into the 1st of April and the 22nd of April inshallah. But Bismillah Sheikh we can continue with regards to our segment. Okay, thank you very much. Allow me to just ask one question. Have we completed in time when it comes to I am a Muslim so what is expected of me or we are not yet at leadership? No, we are not. We are not thanks, for, thanks for that one. Mm. It's okay. Um, we, we were looking at the point, the best of knowledge. We also came to understanding the best of knowledge with the Quran. And we then had to show the process of the fact that the, this knowledge was given to us in the Quran format. But this Quran can only and only be understood when you and I have the understanding of this role model whom Allah has sent to guide us so that you and I can live that life of that role model. We cannot separate the role model from this Quran. If ever you separate him, you're going to be able to have, according to the words of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, if you do not take to the role model, you will be destroyed by shaitan. He's going to be your guide. He's going to be your leader. He's going to offer you all the alternatives. And he's going to grant you some minds to go through so many things. And you're going to dream and you're going to think yourself and you are going to be much more intelligent than his prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And you're going to think that you and I have the answers. You need to understand the only way that you and I and the most intelligent and the greatest professor can interpret this Quran is through the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And yes, he is fundamental and he is basic. And without him in the Quran, the Quran has got no value for you and for me. And there's absolutely no interpretation from anybody, neither you and me or all our minds, to our understanding. Especially when you and I read in the English language. You could probably be reading in Kosa or in French or in Latin or in Japanese. would be absolutely the same. But the moment you have been given the, the great Allah grants you the insight of understanding the Arabic language, then suddenly there is a difference. And you come to realize that the Arab that has the Arabic language that Allah has given the most to with the greatest IQ is none other than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Rab, Bella grants us to understand his role. Allah says to us in the Holy Quran about him, allow us to understand that we need to be able to recognize if I want to be able to be successful in this world and success in the world year after, then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the way. Allah says in his words, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة He is the role model to you, the best role model, the greatest, the role model who has the greatest qualities and values. Right? For those of you who wants to be, لمن كان يرجو الله, for those people who knows that they return is to Allah. And those people who knows that there is going to be a day called Yawm Al-Qiyamah and there is going to be that day of the value and reward for your efforts. And for those people who wants to keep intimacy with their Lord and be intimate and be very clear and dear to their Lord, then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the role model and the only role model. And whoever ought to be a role model in this earth can only take to that level of righteousness if he has taken to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Rabbi.
May Allah open the path for us to come to understand. So the first important aspect from that, I'm a Muslim, I also need to, uh, I, I need to recognize the Quran must my, be my base. And everything that I need for life's needs, for life's concerns and worries and issues, is the Quran has the answer for me. I might not know the answer, I might not, I just go, don't go to Quran and see it there. I must go and seek it. Go to scholars and let them teach and guide me along. And secondly, I must be ready to when I see my role model has guided me, I am prepared to follow the role model. So part of my life as a Muslim, the Quran must be my base, must be the core of everything I do. The Quran is that thing that guides me, that leads me, is that the one that shows me the way. And the, that information given to me in a, unif- in a, uh, a human form, in a personified version, is the life of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and only if I am prepared to accept him as my role model and to follow him as a role model, then can I become successful and become of those people who benefit to the process of me being a Muslim. May Allah open the path and grant us to be there. So the following of a role model is extremely important in Islam, and each and every one of us has a question to be able to ask ourselves. Am I following the role model or am I saying I am Muslim and doing it as I feel or as I want? This is a very, very important question. Remember, when I say I am a Muslim, what is expected of me, part of what is expected of me is to be able to know my whole life is then reliant and dependent on this Quran and no other book could guide me and direct me equal to this Qur'an. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. Madrasa on developing Islam in me, the voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson. We go for a brief break, and when we come back, we'll continue. Do stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Madrasa on A. Of course, developing Islam in me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, along with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio. While we were speaking about I am a Muslim and what is expected of me, so inshallah, Sheikh will be recapping on where Sheikh ended off last and then also branching into leadership in Islam as well as its progression. Sheikh Bismillah. Bismillah rahman rahim Shukran for that one, Yasmina. Uh, Yasmina, if you do not mind, I think. What we've covered thus far, uh, I think we would want to end on that, what we say, I'm a Muslim, so what is expected of me? Uh, we've covered, and I think we've covered too, the need for us to follow the role model. Yes. Right? And we need to be committed to the fact that I'm going to follow that role model that makes me the Muslim. Mm-hmm. For me then to be the Muslim, the necessity of understanding, the only way for me to be a Muslim is that there is only a role model and Allah has given me that role model. He's given me the book and he's told me who's my role model and I need to submit to that role model. And no buts and no ands. All the buts and the ands you put aside, you don't but this and but that. He's the role model and he is that I follow. And yes, if he says to me this, I'm doing it because what he does, Allah says in the Quran, you need to be able to be worship, you worship Allah, Allah wa Rasul. Be obedient to Allah and be obedient to the commands of your messenger, the role model. And in another verse, and which this verse is much more stronger in message, it says, Wa Rasul, whosoever is submissive admitting to whatever the role model informs and commands and demands, فَقَدْ أَطَاءَ اللَّهِ Then Allah says, then that surely is submission to Allah Ta'ala. 
Right? So the only way you can be Muslim is submission to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is the only role model and the only teacher, the only guide. And if anybody comes to be the guide or the role model or the teacher afterwards, must be able to follow him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam only. And if they fully follow him in precision, then you and I by necessity have to follow that person. Right? And if they do not, then the question comes, we say, no, 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 no buts, no ands. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshallah. So I think that's where we end off with that issue about the, the process of the role model. And we hope to be able to take that part of the, the lesson further next week, or uh, uh, tomorrow, inshallah. Sorry for that one. Um, we're dealing over to the other subject called leadership in Islam. And Ms. Bobby, I just need to capture here what we have covered thus far. When we speak about leadership in Islam, we've, we went to, be, to the issue of what is a leader, or what makes a person, and what gives the, it's in Islam that issue of leadership. And there's a lot of uh, uh, qualities that we looked into there. We've shared those qualities with you. Um, most probably for future purposes, we could be recapping some of those details of those, those but due to time constraints and the fact that we need to proceed, Remember, these qualities is very, very important that each and every one of us strive towards. And we've said the most important aspect about leadership in Islam, a lacking reality that we found ourselves, we were not taken by the hand to show what leadership is in our in our life. We were left off to decide things for ourselves in this world that you and I are living in, as most a democratic world that it may say. Islam says no. In Islam, it's somewhat different. Democracy in Islam is when you say, I have the right to take what Allah guides me to, and that is it. And I submit myself, these, I've been given a leader, a role model, a guide who shows me from the side of leadership here, he is the only leader to allow me to be able to follow that. We initially went into leadership and allowed us to understand through the process of leadership that we see how Allah wanted us to recognize that leadership was endowed to Nabi Adam, but he did not give that same amount of input to the human being, the children of Nabi Adam. Allah has allowed them to be able to develop through the process of birth, growth, and exposure and the knowledge that they get in life to become to leaders, to come to meet, to develop leadership. So the question in the life that we live in, where many people ask the question, are leaders born? Are you born to suddenly be a leader? The answer is very, very clear in Islam. Nay, nobody's born a leader. There is no such thing. We emphatically say nobody ever is born a leader. But he who is nurtured properly can become the leader. So he's not born. Nobody's born and suddenly in him lies the qualities of leadership. No, no, no. It is only the first that was given was Nabi Adam. But immediately after Nabi Adam we've seen, and Allah also passed this matter over of the endowing, in, in, endowing the, the prophets, those whom Allah wants to be able to guide humanity, Allah kept them aloof and away from any form of education. No human being must teach them.
And they mustn't be taught by anything or any other than using the intellect and the wisdom and sight what Allah grants him until the moment Allah sends them the Malak Jibreel whom Allah endowed them with a great amount of depth of knowledge. Depth that no professor can ever or all the professors collectively from the, the first human being until the last hour. If you take all the professors together and they grow deep insight will never ever reach the depth and wisdom and insight of the prophets subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah their knowledge comes directly from allah and they don't need and that's why when the west speaks about you and i must have to be able to see that knowledge is valuable you need to ask in what experiment place of experiment was it happened to where was the, the labs they experimented this the, the the angels the 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 malaik the I'm sorry the prophets of Allah Taala comes directly from the Lord of all who has got knowledge all the knowledge of the depth so whatever you and I might find that happens the results in the labs after the tests and the trials that is something maybe or maybe not and many times billions and billions and billions of errors is made in the labs and the results comes out there with and depth and depth and depth of ignorance added to the process that they, they don't have the exposure as to yet sorry for that yes great amount of knowledge great insight wonderful results beautiful experiments mashallah but the, the lack that you and i don't understand that which comes from allah come from the Lord of all isms and all sciences and all knowledge. He has the depth. He sends the greater sense of leadership with greater insight, greater knowledge, greater awareness via the prophets. So like he's given to Nabi Adam, the children of Adam wasn't given the same except for the prophets of them. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And that leadership qualities so that human beings can be totally the term holistic in its true sense. There's only holistic sense of life in, the, in that which came from the prophets sallallahu from all the prophets all the prophets sallallahu alayhim ajma'een. May Allah grant us to be able to understand that leadership is something which Allah endows in totality, not limited to certain things only. Notice this speak to the things that the human being can benefit from today. Definitely. Madrasan E, if you have just tuned in, you are tuned to Madrasan E, Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, along with special guests in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. For now, we break for as and when we come back, we'll continue with the program. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The time now is 3.42. And I'm is on our technical desk as well as Zarina Talib in studio. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, and you are, of course, tuned into 91.3 FM Madrasan E, Developing Islam in me that is with none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams we are now down to a few final segments and that is leadership in Islam as well as its progression Bismillah Sheikh Assalamu alaikum shukran for that one Auntie Yasmina um, the, 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 the topic that we're dealing with is leadership in Islam and its progression uh, in this process we, we've gone to the where we said wanted to understand that leadership is something that Allah has endowed to Nabi Adam and yet not his children they had to work for it the same Allah has also endowed that same thing has given that to the prophets has given them deep insight and the ability to be able to be leaders of man to guide man for holistic growth total deep 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 growth and only those who prepare to want to be able to have holistic 
growth of the world and the akhir and the best of both worlds sees it through the Prophet um, We then have reached the process of the Prophets and, 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 and I must probably want to mention to you Ya Allah shows us the process of leadership in the Quran that happens through the various Anbiya um, we'll, We take for example one of them uh, the leadership for mankind that happens in the life of Nabi Musa uh, uh, and, and Allah puts him through trials and tribulations and processes and allow us to see what happens to him and how we can take leadership through this man, his great qualities. And Allah shows his life in the stage when he was a youngster until he grew up, became to a young boy. And then Allah shows us his life that he got a young man that got married and that has children. And then Allah shows his life that he became the Nabi and Allah gave him the responsibility to go back to his people and try to get them. His interaction with, with uh, um, Fir'aun at that moment and how he lived and how he tried to remind them as how Allah has guided him and Allah guides him and show him that he is the leader for humanity and the, the guide and leader for humanity to be able to reap for the best of this world and the hereafter. And then Allah shows us what happened as Allah takes Fir'aun away and he travels over to the other land and his life then with a with the Jewish tribe, how he guides them, and if you, for that matter, want to follow leadership, he is the best of leader for his people in his time. And so the same happens with Allah showing the process of what happened to Nabi Ibrahim, for that matter, and the input of what happened to him through the various stages of his life, and how, if you follow the process that Allah shows us through him, at that time and place, he is the best leader. Same happened to Nabi Isa. The same happened to all the prophets that they Allah has gave, given them the ability to be able to become one such beautiful process. We see Nabi Yaqub, the father of Nabi Yusuf. The processes that Allah tests him with, the issue that Allah tests his son with, Ismail, uh, with uh, Yusuf, the things that he deals with in his life. And now Allah shows us that if we follow the leadership of them, we will then be endowed with equal leadership to be able to lead humanity for success in this world and success in hereafter. We need to understand that. But Allah has taken the process as we said through the prophets and Allah has endowed the last prophet with the greatest amount of leadership. Whatever Allah has given to qualities and values and experience and exposure of the prophets, Allah has put that all together in the last and final messenger. That messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the last prophet. He was given the greatest, uh, the greatest amount of leadership, capacity to lead, to guide, to direct and to show humanity. And if we are prepared to love and follow him, Allah will be able to grant us the same qualities and value. But Allah has given this to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and it is expected for you and me to be able to understand that. He shows us in various ahadith how Allah has given him this process. And there's also been books written by people looking in the life of the Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and they, they look at the qualities and the things that he did, and specific the subject matter called Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and leadership. 
because they found that he's got various qualities in him. Nay, he's got every quality in him that every human being will ever be in need of. Every, every, every. And thus Allah's made him the Prophet. And as we've said earlier on, as the Prophet, he needs to have been endowed with all the qualities so that his life can be the answer for every detailed fact that lies in this great Quran. And yes, he has had and he's been endowed with all those qualities. And if you and I study his life and come to be able to see in there, we recognize that there's so much greatness, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi that you and I can benefit from if you and I are prepared to want to take to that and live to that sense and um, means may Allah grant us to be able to be of those people who want to see that and wants to achieve and acquire. My, my, one point I want to just go back to as we've started off in this part of the program is when we said that when we speak in Islam about leadership then leadership from an Islamic perspective as from Allah and His Messenger it is something that each and everyone that calls himself a Muslim if you and I call ourselves Muslims then it's a necessity that we must work towards leadership and I think I expounded it somewhat I just want to repeat that that you might not be the leader of the people of everybody around but if you are in the circumstances like for instance Nabi says from every home there is a leader a father figure is a leader the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah has given that to the father not the mother the father which means he is the greater leader of the whole family I say why did he say not the mother yes it's been given to the mother as well but I want us to understand that in the in every home there must be the father figure who's been given the reverence or been revered as the leader and the respect and the honor from everybody that is the, the lower levels of that family the mothers the first of them must be able to give the, the and develop that leadership in the offspring in the children that the mother must see that the children show the necessity respect and honor and dignity to the leadership given to the father figure that Allah and his Rasul has given to them and that leadership is a necessity in the development of those children if they need to become the Muslim children of life May Allah grant us khairun barakah inshallah Amen inshallah Madrasa on a developing Islam within me the voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams for now we break for ads and when we can come back we'll continue with Madrasa on a stay tuned Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh the last few minutes of Madrasa I always say the time really do fly we are definitely having fun and very insightful this is of course developing Islam in me I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams and we are in our last segment we are focusing on our last topic and that is with regards to leadership in Islam and its progression and I hand you over to Sheikh Ibrahim inshallah to continue Shukran Jazakallah we were looking at the segment called leadership in Islam and its progression um, yes uh, uh, we are trying to be able to get our minds and our people ready into understanding we would the last part we were on as we're speaking as how Allah have selected the prophets until Allah has selected the last prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to be the leader for humanity and to guide humanity and as being the leader for the last life part of life the leader for humanity and the last hour where the world is going to develop with many things that leadership should be vast and great and have deep insight. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. 
And this comes clear from that leader. And remember, I then went to where this leader shared to us and said to us that the leader must be the father figure in the house. And now the family needs to be able to build their places. I wasn't speaking about leadership here. I'm just saying that this prophet said to us, this is what leadership is all about. right? And so the understanding of that leader, leadership comes from that prophet. And how he showed us in leadership that we actually love our submission to our Lord. And how we do our things in interacting with the rest of humanity and how do we fulfill the things that is of our worldly matter and the matter for us returning back to our Lord. So yes, it's all about the, the broad leadership that benefits us in this dunya and benefits us for the akhirah, right? And so, the, because the understanding of leadership in this world is very much the leadership of being in the role of the president and and the, 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 the judges and the courts for that matter and or people of that nature or people that... But this broader sense of leadership in need, needed in the process of the life of man. And as we've said, Islam doesn't look at leadership only from that aspect that speaks from leadership holistically from very, very broad spectrum. But from the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, does the leadership end with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Nay. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has shown us that leadership is something that needs to carry on. And he said to us, please see that you take as your leaders in taking guidance from what I have given to you and the rightly guided khilafah. Or Khalifas, those people who's going to be your your leaders who takes over from me, these rightly guided ones of them. Please see that you take from them and you recognize that their leadership is important for you, so that you can grow as holistic Muslims. There's certain things in your life that was given to to you by me, but there are other things that you need to be able to take from them, who take over from that you need to take over from. The process of your people who, who are your delighted like guide. Shukran so much, Sheikh, for that. It's now 3.56 and now there's a program that there's actually a question that came through, Sheikh. And this is with regards to when Sheikh was speaking about du'a. And this comes from our SMS number. It's from the number 6801. It says, Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh, to please recommend best du'a for guidance. Shukran. I think the question is very pertinent. And uh, the person says, uh, can you guide us to the best du'a for guidance, mm. right? So yes, it's a pertinent question. And where can, how can I tell you this question is pertinent? If this question was not pertinent, it would not have been mentioned to us that we need to be able to call for this du'a continuously every day at least 17 times minimal. We must call this. We, when we stand in front of Allah, and we need to say to him whatever we need to say to him in salah. Then the core of the surah called Surah Al-Fatiha is that very question, the question about guidance. Where Allah says, mustaqim." You and I, everybody needs to beg Allah. And the best form of dua is to use it from the Quran. When Allah says, let us continuously, all of us, have in our zest and desire clearly when we make salah in standing in Surah Fatiha, or oh Allah grant us guidance. Guide us, but let the guidance be the guidance to the straight path. Not guidance in the world to be able to become greedy or to be able to have this, that, and the other, but guidance to be able to benefit from the best of this world and the best of the year after. And so, yes, that is what we say in Surah Al Fatiha. 
Guide us to the straight path where the greatest of benefit is for this world and the best of the, the benefits of the year after. Ya Rabbi, may Allah open the path for all of us. And I think the question is so pertinent. May Allah grant us to be able to follow that path, inshallah. Shukran so much. We have definitely come to the end of the program now with the time 3.58. That was Madrasa on E-Developing Islam in Me. That is with uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson. And at this moment, I now hand you over to Sheikh that will be making the closing dua, inshallah. Ya Rabbi, Jazakumullah I want to say thank you for all the listeners and the people that participated with us in this course. I want to let everybody understand, people, we are having this program on air, looking at various things, but asking Allah that Allah grant us to be of those people who understand what Islam is and that we strive to live it to the best of our abilities. That Allah forgive us for our past and we recognize that we are all people that err, that had shortcomings and faults of yesterday. And we ask Allah to guide us to righteousness in the future, to seek the forgiveness and that Allah make us of those people who will be the people to enter Allah's Jannah with the pardon of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we say, and we ask a few people all to come together to be those who, if you are participating with us in this uh, uh, segment, then please, if you do not mind, recite with us Suratul Asr. We say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Wal Asr, Innal Insana Lafi Husr. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالصَّبْرِ وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَى سَيِّدِنَا وَمَوْلَانَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ وَبَارِكْ وَسَلِمْ سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَبِحَمْدِكَ نَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ نَسْتَغْفِرُكَ وَنَتُوبُ إِلَيْكَ May Allah accept from all of us and grant us to be of those people who return to the path of Allah وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَى سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ This is the voice of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams with Madrasan E-Developing Islam in Me. Like I said, we've come to the end of the prayer. Shukran to everyone that has sent through the question as well as that has communicated with us, inshallah. So from myself, Yasmina Peterson, along with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams as well as Anjabira Dixon Muhammad on technical controls and also not forgetting in-studio producer Zarina Cheikh Zarina Talib Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and have an uplifting Monday further inshallah